word of the Lord this morning to 1 Peter chapter 2. It's good to see all your smiling faces this morning. Amen. 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 Instant in season and out of season. Hallelujah, Brother Edgar. Yes, sir. God's good. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation. I'm slowing down. People are still looking for the word of the Lord. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Has anybody been praising the Lord this morning? We praise him because he's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Then Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. Give you just a moment to get there. Matthew 5 and 14. It says this. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. God, we thank you today for your presence that we feel in this place. We thank you for your power, God, that is in this place, Lord Jesus. And God, we just ask today that you would let your word go forth and touch every mind and every heart, oh God, that's before us today and worshiping online today, God, that your, your word would hit its intended target, I pray in Jesus' name. And I pray that you would hide me under the shadow of your cross. God, I'll be quick to give you the glory and the honor and the praise, God, for all that you do in this place today in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, And everybody said amen. You may be seated. This morning I want to preach on this topic. Called out of darkness. Called out of darkness. Anybody thankful that God has called you already out of darkness? In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The very first words that were spoken by God over the formless mass that we call earth was, Let there be light. I believe that the light of God is going to shine into somebody's heart in a greater way today. And God's going to speak to you through this message some way, somehow. His voice is going to speak into your mind and say, I'm bringing light. I'm calling you out of darkness. Let there be light. Amen. Amen. Light is a simple gift. But yet it is so complex in its nature. Even to this day, thousands of years later, Scientists are still trying to study light to fully comprehend it and to explain it. A gift so complex, but a gift that is so necessary. Because without light, there is no life without light. We know that the things that we experience in the natural, we know that they help us understand the supernatural in a greater way. They help us to comprehend those things and We must understand that just as it is in the natural, in the spiritual realm, without the light, there is no life. Without the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, without the light, there is no life. 
And without the light of God, there can be no life in us. John 1 and 5 says, speaking of Jesus, And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. We know that there is soon coming a day that judgment is coming to this world. Sooner than some of us even think. Because this world is filled with wickedness. And we know from reading our word, we know time and time again that God, after a time, gets fed up with things and says, hey, enough is enough. Too much wickedness on this earth. I repent that I made these things. I'm going to take care of this. And that day is coming. But just like it began, it will end in darkness. The world began dark. The end, the end will be dark. But I've come to remind somebody today uh, that today, this moment, today there is light still available. Today there is still life uh, available. Today in this service, uh, today at home while you're watching online, uh, there is still hope. Uh, God is still calling to you. God is still calling you out uh, of the darkness. In the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, we can see how important light is through the story of creation. Light's very important. There was complete chaos. We read about it. Darkness was covering the earth. And with just those few simple words, God changed the destiny of a void and a formless world. God's not changed today. He's not any different today. He's still capable of doing today everything that we read in His Word. And beyond to do greater things in us and through us. God's not changed. Maybe your personal world today feels full of darkness and it feels full of chaos. But I've come to tell somebody today in the Holy Ghost uh, that God can uh, and God desires uh, and God will change your destiny with just a few simple words today. If you want God to do it, uh, God's going to do it for you uh, and God will speak light into your life. Uh, he's going to say, let there be light. Into a very dark and chaotic place. If you feel like you're stuck in your darkness today. You came to the right place. You made a good choice. You came to the house of God. And God is here. And God is ready to shine his light abroad into your life. The spirit of God is here. I don't know if you can, if you can feel what I'm feeling right now. But the spirit of God is here in this place right now. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 says, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It doesn't say there might be liberty. It, might, it does not say there could be liberty. No, no, no. It says there is liberty. And I've come to tell you in the Holy Ghost, if you walk in this place bound, God desires for you to walk out of this place set free by the power of His Spirit because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. You are in the beginning stages of God's plan for your life. And if you will cry out today, if you'll cry out to God, say, God, I need you. I know what the response of God is going to be. He's going to say, let there be light. His response is going to be very similar to the one that he spoke at the very beginning of time into the darkness that covered the face of the deep. Yeah. 
It's going to be very similar. And he's going to speak those words into your life today. Let there be light. God is calling you. God is calling you out of the darkness. God wants to illuminate your life today with his light. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, which we read as part of our text. It was written to a group of Christians scattered around the northern areas of Asia Minor, where the gospel had been preached previously. And Peter wrote to a group of people that most likely included the Jews and the Gentiles. And the apostle Peter addressed the letters to, uh, his recipients were addressed to strangers in verse 1 of chapter 1. A word indicating that Peter was speaking not just to Jews or just to Gentiles, but to Christians who were living their lives in such a way that it stood out among the surrounding cultures. But you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. It's not just for that day, but it's for this day. It was written for us. It's an alive word. A holy nation. God still has holiness in this nation. By his people that are here praying and seeking the face of God. That others would turn from their wicked ways. A peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm so thankful that he does that. And the way that we come into his marvelous light is by allowing his spirit to move upon our lives and changing things within us. We let the spirit take care of the chaotic and those dark places of our lives as it begins to move over us. That's why 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And the way to come into his marvelous light, the way to be in Christ is very, very simple. Peter told us the simplest way, and I'm going to read that verse or quote some of that verse. In Acts chapter 2 and 38 on the day of Pentecost, we see where he said, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I hear those words reverberating in my mind right now. Amen. And I believe that God is going to let that happen in somebody's life today. I believe that if you're hungry and you came in thirsty wanting more, that you'll leave this place with the power of the Holy Ghost inside of you. When we follow the process they did on the day of Pentecost... And we repent of all our sins. And we are born of water by being baptized like Peter commanded in the name of Jesus. That's how we're born of the water. And we're born of the Spirit by receiving the Holy Ghost. We are truly at that point born again. At that point, point uh, being born again. That is what Jesus uh, is, uh, uh, is doing. Uh, that's how he takes us out uh, of the darkness. Uh, that's how he brings us into uh, his marvelous light. That's the birth. Uh, that's the beginning uh, when we come out of darkness uh, and we step into the light of God when we obey the word of God. Amen. And old things are passed away. Behold, old things have become new. And the permanent light of God begins to shine through us. 
so others can be drawn to the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Amen? John chapter 9 and 4 says, I must work the works of him that sent me, Jesus said, while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. The word of God declares we must work while it is day. The night is coming. And I don't think some of us realize, uh, amen, we've got to work now. Why is day? We can, there's going to be a time where God shuts that off uh, and there's going to be no more work to do. But now is the time. I know that we know this. But we're human and sometimes we just need to be reminded of some things. So I'm going to remind us of some things this morning. Let me talk to those this morning who have been born again already for a moment. The job of light is to illuminate the darkness. That's what the job of light is. The night around us is very dark. And if we get focused on that, you'll never do anything in the light. But the night around us is dark. And we all have a purpose in the kingdom of God. Light is proactive. Light is what dispels darkness. Darkness is the absence of light, but light is not the absence of darkness. That's just the way that it is. Light can penetrate and dispel darkness, but darkness cannot, no matter how it tries, I don't care if it's a little candle, it cannot overcome the light. It's impossible. Why John in 9 5 says, Jesus said, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Let me tell you, He is in the world right now. The power of His Spirit is in this world right now. Because we already read it in Matthew 5 and 14. You are the light of the world. If you've been born again of the water and of the Spirit, you are the light of the world for this day and for this hour. The Bible makes it clear that those who do not know, or have a relationship with Christ, they live in darkness. And it's our job. Somebody say, it's my job. job. Take it personal. It's my job. It's our job to shine into the darkness of the world that we live in. God has placed you around the ones that he's placed you around to be light and salt. He's not stuck you in that job just to make you feel like you're walking in a secular pattern day after day after day. But he's placed you where you are for such a time as this uh, to be light and to be salt. Amen. There's purpose. We weren't just put here for no purpose. There's a purpose for our lives. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 13 verse 47. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. You have a purpose. We have a purpose. Amen. And if we fail to let the light of God shine through us, the people that we care about the most are going to perish. People are going to perish. So we've got to get a burden. We've got to say, hey, I realize that I'm running out of time. I realize that the night is very dark. But God has placed me here for such a time as this. And because I'm here, I'm here for a reason. I'm going to let the light of truth shine through me. And I'm going to let people be called into the light, the light that God has put in my life. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. But even if our gospel is veiled... It is veiled to those who are perishing. 
whose minds the God of this age have blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You were made in the image of God. That light, God is light. God is light. And when you got the Holy Ghost, you got that light put inside of you, and therefore you are the light of the world. And it's hid unless you let your light shine. Hallelujah. To those that are perishing. Next chapter 14, we see where Paul and Barnabas, they had been on a missionary journey and they returned home to their home base there in Antioch in Syria. And they reported the results of their evangelistic journey, especially the work that God did among the Gentiles as they were out and about. And we read in Acts chapter 14 and verse 27. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Now I know the Bible teaches us to gather together and we need to gather together every time we get a chance. We should absolutely do that and more and more and more as the day of Christ is approaching, is coming back. It's the word of God. But if what we receive just stays in this building, the revival and the outpouring that God has promised and that God intends for the last day, it will not happen. Paul and Barnabas, their testimony was all about how God had used them when they were not gathered together. It got quiet in here. What we do when we are not gathered together is just as important as what we do when we gather together. We are the light of the world. Amen. I love how Things quiet and get excited and come back. Amen. Our young people, if they were in here right now, I know they're full of excitement and they're on fire for God and we're so thankful for all of our young people. Amen. Amen. They're on fire for God and we're proud of every one of them. But as parents, we must take a look at how we are leading our children. There's an interesting story in 1 Chronicles chapter 13. If you turn there with me, if you want to, or you can look on the screen. Starting with verse 5. So David gathered all Israel together from Shihor of Egypt, even under the entering of Hemoth, to bring the ark of God from kirijath Jerum. And David went up and all Israel to Bala, that is to kirijath Jerum, who belonged to Judah, to bring up thence the ark of God of God the Lord that dwelleth between the cherubims whose name is called on it. And they carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadab and Uzzah in Ohio, drave the cart. And David and all Israel played before God with all their might and with singing and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets. And when they came under the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him because he put his hand on the ark, hand of the ark, 
and there he died before God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. Wherefore that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of God that day saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David brought not the ark home to himself, to the city of David, but carried it aside into the house of Obadidim, the Gittite. You see, the ark had been residing in Abinadab's home in Kirath, Jerem, in Judah. Uzzah was Abinadab's son. And he knew what it was to be a keeper of the ark. Now most of us know that the ark represents the presence of God. Right? The ark is simply the presence of God. But nowhere in this story do I see where Uzzah was trained or Uzzah was shown how to be a carrier of the ark. I've been blessed from a very young age. This guy right here, my dad, I've, sh I've seen him and he's shown me what it is to be a carrier of the ark outside of these four walls. Trudging along to see Bible studies that were taught and laying hands on the sick and ministering to people. A man of prayer and a person who loves the word of God. Not just inside these walls, but outside these four walls. And I've come to remind every parent this morning, including myself, that we must be intentional. And I've had conversations with my kids about these things recently. We must be intentional in what we do. And if we are not careful, we will raise up our children to only know how to be a keeper of the presence of God, but not to be a carrier of the presence of God. We must carry his presence outside these four walls. And we must teach and demonstrate to our children how it's done. How are they going to learn if we don't teach them? How are they going to know if we don't pick up the torch and say, Hey, I am the light of the world. And because I'm the light of the world and Jesus has put his power in me, I'm going to show them how it's done. I'm going to lead them. I'm going to guide them. I'm going to demonstrate for them. I'm going to go out with a Bible study chart in my hand and I'm going to teach them how to teach a Bible study. I'm going to testify of the goodness of God at Walmart. I'm going to testify of the goodness of God when I go and get gas. I'm going to show them what it's like outside these walls to lay hands upon the sick and watch God do mighty things. I'm going to be a person of prayer and in the word outside these walls. And if your kids have already grown up, don't think for a minute you get off the hook because you're mentoring somebody. There's somebody looking at you, whether you realize it or not. Uh, if you're an elder in this church, uh, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and the power of God's Spirit, and baptized, uh, born again of the water and the Spirit, uh, somebody's watching you. Uh, somebody has their eyes on you. And somebody's saying, look at that. I'm going to imitate that faithful person of God. But what are they imitating? I feel the Holy Ghost. I think we need to be, put a priority on carrying the presence of God. What we feel in here on Sunday, what we feel in here on Wednesday nights, uh, that we would carry that presence and not just be a worshiper and a dancer right there in the presence of God, but outside these four walls that that same presence of God would go with us and we would demonstrate outside.
Matter of fact, nowhere in the book of Acts do I read about miracles in the house of God. It was always outside. God wants to demonstrate his power that people would see his glory, that people would see his light. And he's ready to do it as we step forth. We know this world is a very dark place. And we must be a light. We must be a voice that is calling out into the darkness. We must not let the light of God go out. Amen. Amen. Oh, I feel the presence of God. After thousands of years of human, humanity living on this earth, we're still a stranger to darkness. We get, just think about it for a minute. Lights go out. What do you start doing if you're awake? You start talking. What happened? It's not normal. <laughs> think back to a time maybe you were alone at home. I could think back to many. Maybe out in the woods. And it got dark. Maybe it was during a storm and the power went out. I, 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 I can see some, some uh, facial expressions. You understand what I'm saying? Think back to a time where things got really, really, really dark. Isn't it amazing how sounds are magnified the dark? I can remember as a kid hearing the wind blowing and you start imagining certain things are happening when they're not really happening. It's probably just a tree branch doing its thing. But sounds seem to be magnified in the dark. And isn't it an amazing thing how after all this time you still get uncomfortable in the dark? I'm not talking about when you sleep, but when it's not supposed to be dark. You, I've shared some stories before. I'll share one this morning. I remember in the woods, when I think about the woods, I always think about this story. Being at, out on Brother Gary Hilliard's property, and we're praying for him and know that God's working. Out on his property one morning, a bunch of people hunting, and I go to go hunting with these people. And you know that uh, darkness has not always been my strong point. So, I walk into the woods, and I had just barely gone into the woods, and there was this big old tree with a big old branch hanging out over it. And here I am walking, and it's, pitch, it's dark. Can't have my gun loaded yet, so I don't feel safe. And I'm just trudging along, and all of a sudden I come to this tree. And before, right before I get to it, I'm about 10 feet from this tree, and I hear this crazy scratching. I'm thinking a fisher. I'm thinking some wild cat's about to jump down on top of me. I'm thinking the craziest thoughts that I'm about to be taken out by some animal. So, gun in hand, unloaded, I start backing up from this tree. I backed up where I felt comfortable. I'm standing there. I'm staring there. And I'm watching. I never did get to my tree stand for quite a while. I'm watching. It comes light. And it's a stupid porcupine. <laughs> Which Brother Norman Bodeman, I think, shot out of the tree. 
We can be scared by the simplest things sometimes and we don't even realize what's really going on. Because we become uncomfortable in the darkness. Things tend to happen when the lights go out. When the lights go out and we lose power, oftentimes it affects cable lines, phone lines. It makes you feel less connected to the world that you're used to and that was once filled with light. And spiritually speaking, when you allow darkness to creep into your life, you are choosing to break the connection that you have with the light. Think of Judas, one of the 12 disciples. He, was, he had undoubtedly heard Jesus speak many times about light. More than once he had heard Jesus say, I am the light of the world. Matter of fact, on one occasion, in John chapter 9, which we referenced earlier, Jesus told his disciples, he, he said he was the light of the world. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me. We read this already, but verse, verse 5, he said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Judas heard that. Judas was around the very light of the world. Amen. But somehow darkness crept in and the light of the world became diminished in the eyes of Judas. And we read in Matthew chapter 26, Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he saw opportunity to betray him. Judas, don't you understand the importance of being called out of darkness? Judas, he's right there. All you've got to do is reach out to the light of the world. But we know that Judas ran out into the darkness instead, and Judas took his own life. Judas could not bear the weight of what he had done to the light of the world. So Judas took his own life. But again, I tell somebody right now that Jesus, the light of the world, is right here. He's right here. He's saying, reach out to me. Call upon me. I am the light of the world and I want to put light into your life. July 16th, 1962, in the French-Italian Alps, there was a 23-year-old French geologist named Michael Safir. He said his goodbyes, and he was lowered 400 feet into the ground into complete darkness. He would spend 63 days alone he took with him a record player so he could listen to Beethoven. That was his favorite music. He took a few books. He took a flashlight, several flashlights, which quickly lost their power during his stay underground. And he would conserve his light so he could etch the days in his scientific book. He was convinced that in absolute darkness, his body clock would reset. He had with him a red nylon tent, a few pieces of furniture, and for two months he would make notations. He was out to discover the original rhythm of man 
And he would discern the passage of time entirely on his instinct. He would track his schedule in a log and then pick up a wired phone that was wired to the surface and he would tell them simply this, day one is complete. The next day when he thought the day was over, he'd say day two is complete and so forth and so on. That's all the communication he had with the outside world. He would sleep and rise with what he thought was the rhythm of the sun and the night. During this time, he began to talk to a spider in a box. By the way, the spider wasn't even real. And we can read through documents that he wrote during his time of being underground that he became convinced that someone had forced him into this isolation. He began to see things and hallucinate. He wrote of parades of animals that went past him in the cave. He wrote about being visited by other people in the cave. He became very fearful. And when they lowered the rope ladder 63 days later, Michael Safir was unable to climb out of the, on the ladder himself out of the dark. He was so disoriented that it took him months to recover from the fear of hallucinations that he became he had, he had become so accustomed to the dark and it had become so real to him. Michael Safir was a changed man in just 63 days. He was 23 years old when he was pulled out of the dark, yet he couldn't even walk on his own. Let me tell somebody today, if you spend too long in the darkness, you're going to lose your way. You spend too long in the darkness, uh, amen, and fears uh, and imaginations that are not valid will begin to torment your mind uh, in the daylight time. When we spend too long in the dark, uh, we'll obsess over things uh, that are not even real. When we spend too long in darkness, uh, it, becomes, it begins to overcome us, uh, and fear begins to captivate our lives, uh, and it will hold us hostage. We become a prisoner over the pain and the confusion of our lives. We were created to be children of the light. And once you've been born again by repenting of your sins, as we talked about earlier, and being baptized in the name of Jesus and receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking with other tongues, just like they did in the book of Acts, you have been redeemed from the darkness of your failures. You've been redeemed of those sins. Amen. God has done it for you. Maybe that's never happened for some of you yet. Maybe it's not happened yet in your life, but I believe in the Holy Ghost that today is your day. Today is the day that God is calling you out of darkness. Some people may have spent too much time in the dark. Maybe you've been tormented by the darkness. But God has come to give you liberty this morning. God has come to give you liberty. Fear has been trying to undermine what God wants to do in your life, but we're casting out that spirit of fear this morning in Jesus' name, and God is going to give you true liberty in the name of Jesus. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Amen. God's not put that spirit of fear upon you. The, weird, the way you've been feeling is not a God thing, but what you've been feeling when the presence of the Lord has been circulating in this house is what God wants to do in you. That's the peace of God. That's the joy of God. That's the pull of the light of God trying to pull you into the light and out of the darkness. Amen. Amen. Today, today, 
Today, in the name of Jesus, I'm calling every person in this room in Jesus' name. Today, I'm calling every person watching online in the name of Jesus. I am calling you out of the darkness by the authority of the word and by the power of the name of Jesus. I call you out of the darkness. Come into the light in Jesus' name. Be set free by the light of the world in Jesus' name. Some of us have been tormented for way too long. We think that because our daddy was addicted or our mom was addicted, we have to be addicted. But God's telling somebody right now, you don't have to be the prodigy of your parents. You don't have to be the prodigy, prodigy of the negative things that have happened in your past. He's saying, come into the light. Come into the light. And I'm going to set you free. Amen. Hallelujah. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. There is complete deliverance in this house this morning from darkness. Every dark addiction God wants to fall off of you this morning. If you desire it, he wants to set you free. You don't have to go down the road uh, that your family walked. Uh, you don't have to live in fear uh, as your family may have lived in fear. Uh, you don't have to fight depression uh, even if you have family members uh, that have fought depression. Uh, you don't have to wrestle with anxiety. Uh, hallelujah. You don't even have to wrestle with the spirit of suicide uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, what you have to do is walk into the light uh, and let God break off all of that off of you. He's breaking every chain I feel it in the Holy Ghost come out of the darkness today in Jesus name Woo! hallelujah I won't be much longer there's another disciple of Jesus whose name was Peter who we read about and we read about him here in Matthew chapter 26 as well it says, now Peter sat without in the palace. And a damsel came unto him saying, thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there. This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them. You're one of those that have the light. For thy speech betrayeth thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I am not the man. And immediately the cock grew. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out, and he wept bitterly. But it was different for this disciple. This was not the end for Peter. Because Peter had a repentant heart. And because of that, we read of Peter standing up with the eleven on the day of Pentecost. And we read Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, which we read earlier. He begins, he's the one that reveals the plan of salvation. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that plan is good for today. Amen. I said it's good right now. Amen. I've been preaching for a few moments about coming out of the darkness. 
Peter, the lights may have been out. And it was literally as dark as night. But because of your repentant heart, it didn't stay that way. And let me tell somebody right now, because of the repentant heart that you have, because of the hunger that you walked into this place with, it's not going to stay that way. It's not going to be dark very much longer. I've come to remind somebody, I've come to tell somebody today that you may be in darkness, but God still has a plan for your life. And if you will repent, God wants to use you. I don't care how scarred your past is and what the enemy says you can't do. God wants to use you in this last day for greatness in his kingdom. There's a mess that needs to be cleaned up in some of our lives. And God is up to the task. He's ready to do it. Even though we've tried to hide the mess and the darkest in the most private corners of our lives, I believe the light of Jesus is showing us today that all that dirt is piled up. It's okay. Sweep it out. He's going to clean it out. Our temptations and our secret sins, those faults that we would prefer that nobody else even know that we have, and now it's going to get uncomfortable in here, right? The poor way maybe we treated somebody else. Somebody that we even love. The selfish attitudes that we've had at times and we've nurtured them and even held on to them. At times we prefer to look the other way instead of being a helping hand. The light of the world. Jesus has come not to bring condemnation, but he has come this day this moment to, to bring salvation uh, into your lives. Uh, not to rub our noses in the dirt of those dark corners, but to sweep them out, to, to bring healing, uh, to bring reconciliation. Uh, today, Jesus, uh, the light of the world, uh, is here to let his light shine in you. Maybe it's again, but maybe it's for the first time this morning. He wants his light uh, to shine in you. He's come to let you have a brighter light to shine in this dark world. But today is the day that somebody needs to take action. The word of God says we're not promised tomorrow. And I have not come to put fear into anybody's hearts. But today is the day that you need to take action. God has not promised us another moment. But we have this moment right here, right now. We cannot afford to sit in darkness. None of us can afford to sit in darkness any longer. It's affecting us, and it's affecting those that we care about. we got to let the light of light shine into us. Listen. Listen. If you'll listen right now, you'll hear the calling of God. You'll hear his voice calling to you, saying, come out. Come out of the darkness. Come out of the darkness. Do you hear his voice calling right now? I hear it. I hear the voice of Jesus calling. I hear the voice of Jesus calling. I hear him calling right now. I think it would be fitting. I think it would be fitting right where we are. To ask God to forgive us of every sin. If you feel it, you can come forward. The presence of God is so strong in this place. I'm stopping right here. The presence of God is so strong. Right now, would you bow your head wherever you are? And just ask God to forgive you of every sin. Ask Him right now. Say, Lord, would you just forgive me of every sin? 
God, your word says that you would. And Lord, I'm trusting you right now to forgive me with your mouth. Just ask him, Lord, would you forgive me of every sin, every thought, God, that's not been right? Lord Jesus, everything I've done that's not been right, everything I've said that's not been right, God, would you forgive me of everything, Lord Jesus, that is sin in my life? It's that simple. You just ask. I see his presence on so many faces right now. It's that simple. Peter said, repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I know one thing this morning that God spoke to my heart is he wants to fill somebody with the power of the Holy Ghost. It's up to you. He wants to refill many. And I know that that power of the Spirit uh, is going to bring light like you've never experienced in your life. Uh, or maybe you have. It's going to bring a renewal of light. And I'm asking you right now, if you want more of God, you're not saying you're a dirty, low-down sinner, but if you want more of God, would you just come down to the front right now? Would you come down? Would you make your way to the front? God has something special for you. God wants to fill you with the power of His Spirit this morning. And He's going to put... Another tongue. And as you praise God, all of a sudden that tongue's going to feel thick in your mouth. And here's what I want you to do. I don't want us to come with heads bowed because God has already forgiven you if you've asked God to forgive you. I want you to lift your head. I want you to lift your hands. And you've got to speak. Lift your voice and begin to speak and just begin to praise God and tell him, I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I thank you. I praise you because you're calling me out of the darkness into your marvelous light. And as you do that, all of a sudden there's going to be something that hits you and you're going to feel it at the top of your head. It's going to go down through your being and you're going to begin to speak with other tongues. As you speak, all of a sudden that tongue's going to be speaking something that you don't understand. God is going to do it for you. So all over this place, lift your hands, lift your head, lift your voice, and begin to cry out to God right now if you want Him. Begin to cry. Don't worry about anybody else. Close your eyes. Knock out all the distractions. Close your eyes right now and lift your head and your hands and your voice to God. In the name of Jesus, by the authority of the Word of God, and by the power of the name of Jesus, and by the power of the Holy Ghost that's in this room right now, that's in this place right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. That you are taking off every chain. We thank you right now that fear is dropping. We thank you right now that anxiety is going. And we thank you that right now your spirit is being poured out. So in the name of Jesus, I say, receive ye the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, I say, be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the presence of God. In the name of Jesus, there it is right there. I see the Holy Ghost sweeping across this place. I see the power of God sweeping across praise this place you, in the name of Jesus. Praise you, praise you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus.